Today we have a commemoration of Our Lady of Ransom, and this is the title uh, given to Our Blessed Mother uh, with the founding of the Mercedarian Order. If you recall, this was an order founded um, at the prompting of St. Raymond of Peñafort, uh, and this is in the year 1218. He was a superior general of the Dominicans. Uh, he also um, was the saint who um, wrote canon law, like the first um, compilation of canon law, St. Raymond of Peñafort. So our lady appeared to him and to Aragon of Spain and wanted the founding of an order to redeem captives uh, who are being um, slaves who are being taken captive by uh, the Muslims. And so St. Raymond of Peñafort uh, found Peter Nolasco, who had been a nobleman, a knight, and uh, together they founded the Order of the Mercedarians, specifically dedicated to both the defense of uh, Christians, Catholics, that they might not be taken as slaves, and then if they were, uh, the uh, ransoming of them. If you recall, um, recently, August 31st, is the feast of St. Raymond uh, Non Natus. He was a famous Mercedarian uh, responsible for redeeming uh, very many slaves uh, from, from the Muslims. And the, the important thing, and what I would, um, I talk plenty about those saints and, and, and the, uh, that order on those other feast days. Uh, the idea for us would be to examine more closely uh, slavery to sin, because that is the worst kind of slavery. And one of the reasons that uh, we would say maybe the, the, the greater reason that these slaves of the Muslims, uh, that they, they um, were, were to be redeemed, or maybe our ladies desire to redeem them, is that they were losing their souls. Is that there was pressure on those Christians, Catholics, who were captured, either convert to Islam or die, or be treated poorly, or be treated harshly, or whatever it may be. But if you convert and become a Muslim, then you'll be treated much better. Um, you'll still be basically a slave, but it will be like a better kind of slavery. Like that was their option. And so the people are losing the faith, right? And, and their souls are, are being condemned to hell for this. Uh, and so uh, to ransom people from that, that is the greater charity. And, and there's a great lesson for us in that uh, these, these, these talks today about slavery, which, which is not about really slavery at all. Uh, what's the worst kind of slavery? Right, spiritual slavery or slavery in body, right? We, we, we know the answer just from, from, from scripture. Fear ye not he who can harm the body, but fear ye after harming the body has power to cast into hell. And I've said this before, but let's see if we remember. Who is our greatest enemy? Who is the one that can cause us the most harm? Us, we, right? Because there's only one person in the whole universe that has power to cast us into hell, and that is us. All the souls who are in hell are there because they want to be. They, want, they would rather be in hell than ask God for forgiveness. That's why they're there. We're our, great, our greatest enemy. Uh, and we are born into slavery. It's called original sin. And we can't escape that. And that's the bad news that nobody likes to talk about. Right? We have everybody talks about the good news, this and that. Well, why is there good news? Because there was bad news first. Because we were born slaves, we were born with original sin, we were born with a propensity to evil, and the good news is, there is a remedy. It doesn't have to be that way. Uh, now God, right, um, and, and the prison we're born into, right, is, is really, it's the vices. It's slavery to our passions. It's the desire for pleasure. It's the desire for satisfaction. It's a mistaken desire for happiness. 
And that is really what we'll go into today is that God made us to be happy and everybody wants to be happy, but nobody knows what that means or what it is. And that's the slavery, right? That's the slavery uh, we have to get out of. And God does want us to be happy, right? Uh, God came to earth to set us free from slavery, to bring us to truth, and the truth will set us free, uh, but also to make us happy, all right? I, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly, right? God wants us to live well. He wants us to be happy. Uh, as it says in the Psalms, in the Book of Wisdom, God gaveth man the herbs of the earth uh, that he might use them, that he might make medicines from them, that he gave man wine that he might cheer his heart. So God does want us to be happy and, and, and the biggest sadness, we could say, is that everybody wants to be happy. And as I said, nobody knows how to get it. What's going to make us happy? Now, really, so we should think about that. When we look at ourselves, we should understand we are living on two different planes of existence. There's a natural existence and a supernatural existence. And God wants happiness for us on both. God wants us to be naturally happy in this earth, in this life. And God wants us more than that. God wants us to be eternally happy with him in heaven. There's not any competition between the two. Uh, we think there's competition because we don't understand what happiness is on this earth. Happiness does not mean satisfaction. Happiness does not mean getting what I want. Happiness does not mean uh, being free from pain, not suffering any, any, any evils. That is not happiness. Right? Happiness is something entirely different. What is happiness, we might ask, right? Okay, Father, tell us what happiness is. Uh, I will tell you uh, that most people can't understand happiness because they don't understand virtue, right? The virtuous man is the one who understands happiness. The virtuous man is the one who sees clearly enough to say, this will make you happy, this will not make you happy. This will bring you satisfaction and following that pain. This will bring you, at first, difficulty and maybe some pain, and afterwards, it'll bring you satisfaction and then ultimately happiness, right? Prudence, just, justice, temperance, fortitude. Uh, those are the vehicles by which we will, in, we will acquire the ability to perceive happiness. Now, let's see, how could I explain this? Um, in, 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 in the past, right, the pagans understood virtue. They understood that virtue was good and it made, it made you, it gave you a kind of happiness, but they equated virtue with happiness itself. And that's not going to work, right? Virtue exists at the, at the natural level. God made us to be good and diligent and disciplined and punctual and courteous and kind and generous and responsible and noble. God intended that to be. That's not like an excess. Like, we, you know, if we get that, we're somehow above and beyond. If we arrive at those virtues, that is the bare minimum God wanted for us. That was the way it was supposed to be. That's not any, any kind of achievement from, from the standpoint of, of God, right? He's like, well, okay, now you're getting back to bare minimum. Now, once we have those natural virtues and we're living the natural life God intended us to have, then he adds supernatural uh, virtues on top of it, a, a kind of a supernatural happiness, and now we begin living the life of grace and sanctity, which, is, which was God's plan from the beginning. The way we experience it now is that God is merciful, and he doesn't wait until we're perfect on, on the natural level to start giving us supernatural helps and graces and so on. And this is a great mercy in that God will take somebody who is 
has a propensity to evil, who desires uh, all kinds of vices, who, who is filled, whose mind is filled with all kinds of erroneous ideas, false ideas about happiness, about whatever it may be, and God still gives that person grace. He still gives them supernatural um, faith, supernatural charity, and so on, uh, to draw them out of it. Right to draw them up to the point to where not only do you have supernatural happiness, but along the way you're getting natural happiness too. That's where the saints were the happiest people. That's where the saints were never perturbed when all kinds of bad things would happen to them because they had the virtues. They had the virtue of patience, of wisdom, of long suffering, of, of, of fortitude. Uh, they understood this is where we were supposed to be all along. And we've heard it said, right? Pain is weakness leaving the body. We could also say moral pain, like the pain of impatience, the pain of frustration, the pain of bitterness, that those are vices leaving the body if we don't feed them. If we sit there and feel sorry for ourselves and feel like, oh, I've, I've been dealt a bad hand in life, or I can't believe so-and-so said that to me, and I'm so angry about this and angry about that, and we're, we're feeding the vice, right? We're just experiencing pain, and guess what? It's not leaving the body. It's just staying on the inside and getting worse. Right? But when you work on that pain, you're like, I shouldn't feel this way. This is not the right emotion to have. I can't help it right now, but God, please help to dissipate and get rid of this, this pain in my soul. I'm going to continue to do all the right things. That is weakness. That is vice leaving the body. Now, how do we acquire virtue, right? So we, we want happiness. Everybody wants to shoot for happiness. If we're not shooting for virtue first, we are shooting for a false happiness. Like, I want what's gonna make me happy. If you try to start pursuing that now, you're pursuing unhappiness. You have to give up the idea for happiness until you've acquired virtue. Then we'll be able to have the proper perception to say, okay, everything I would have pursued would have made me unhappy. Now that I've got virtue, now I can see clearly enough to actually start pursuing happiness. Now that's supposed to happen, that, that little process right there, that is what uh, uh, disciplining children is for, is telling children, wait for your dessert till after you have supper, right? You can't throw a tantrum. If you're gonna throw, act like that, go to your room. Stop throwing a fit, stop making noise, learn to control your passions, right? Children learn virtue as children, that's what they're supposed to do, virtue over vice, uh, how to control their passions, not to give in to them, which is the, the uh, imitation of Christ. We find our peace only by resisting our passions, not giving in, not justifying, not rationalizing them. Uh, so childhood is where we're supposed to learn all that virtue and we're supposed to continue that into our adult life. But what happens, either with a bad, you know, not good discipline as child or poor discipline or over-discipline or under-discipline, uh, when we grow up, Nobody's there to di discipline us. We don't discipline ourselves. We continue to indulge our vices. And that's why we're not happy because we haven't pursued virtue first. This was, in the, in the Middle Ages, they called this the mystical and ascetical life. The mystical and ascetical spirituality. Um, actually, no, they didn't call it that. Gary Lagrange calls it that, looking back and realizing what they did. The ascetical life is penance, fasting, affliction of the body overcoming the passions, overcoming the vices, that is the ascetical life. That's why we fast and pray and, 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 and do watches and stay up. 
it's, it's designed to give us mind over matter. My passions don't control me, I control my passions. Once I've gotten that, right, once I have sufficiently exercised uh, some uh, discipline, now I can have the mystical life. The mystical life is union with God. It's the ability to spend time in prayer, an hour, two hours, three hours in contemplation because I've got discipline over my mind. I'm not flitting here and there and checking my iPhone and looking on the internet and doing this and doing that and worried about this, worried about that, upset by this, upset by that. I've acquired mastery so that I can stay in contemplation with God. That is what is preventing us from becoming saints. We don't have discipline, we don't have virtue. That's called the ascetical and the mystical life. Uh, but as I said, the virtuous man is able to see this. That at least the little bit of virtue that we can acquire will tell us that's the direction needed to go. Right? You can't, we can't just sit here and be like, well, God loves me just the way I am, so I guess I'm going to become a saint despite all my, my flaws and vices and, and um, uh, failings. Well, I mean, you might make it to heaven, but guess what? If we don't acquire the perfection of virtue in this life, we, it will be acquired in purgatory. That's what it's for. Uh, it's because we failed in this life to acquire the virtue we could have. And we're always putting caps on ourselves, Like, well, you know, I'm good enough. Yeah, other people can have those virtues, but I don't need those. I'm, you know, I, I'm already doing as much as can be expected. Uh, the biggest problem in the spiritual life, the biggest problem in acquiring sanctity and virtue is pride. Two forms. The pride of self-pity. Woe is me, poor me, I can't do anything. I'm a victim of my circumstance, so we don't try. Uh, uh, and the pride of complacency. I'm already basically perfect. I just do everything right already. I don't know what other virtues I could possibly acquire because I have them all, right? Maybe nobody's not that um, uh, 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 vain, but there's the idea that I, um, because we're not around other people, because our virtue's not tested, we look perfect. We look like we don't have any vices and, and they're there. They're just not being drawn out by other people or other circumstances. So what I want us to do to acquire virtue which is a stepping stone to knowing how to get happiness, is visualize, right? Every day when we do our meditation, when we do our daily prayer, I want us to visualize ourselves being a better person. And not like a better person as the world thinks of it, a better person in terms of the saints. When, my, when I am totally frustrated, I'm gonna be at peace. When everything I've worked for seems to be falling apart, I'm gonna put it in God's hands, right? I'm gonna get up earlier, I'm gonna pay more attention to my prayers. I'm gonna be more patient with irritating people. I'm not gonna worry when my daily prayer routine is thrown off by, an, uh, by some inconsiderate person because the saint realizes sanctity is not fasting, prayer, affliction, penances. Uh, that's not what sanctity is. Those lead to sanctity. Sanctity is accepting God's will. So th that's really what separates the saint, uh, the, the virtuous uh, Catholic from anybody else is that they recognize it's only union with God. That's the only thing I'm concerned about. And anytime something happens to me, unpleasant, difficult, frustrating, and I accept it, I'm uniting my will with God's will. And that's sanctity. Uh, so we have, right? And, and that's just the hardest thing to do is to expend all this effort at the natural level to get a good routine of prayer, to pl plan my day, to be careful, to be fastidious, to do all these things, and then to have all those plans ruined by other people and still be okay with it. That's the hardest thing to do. Expend all our efforts towards something that gets ruined and to do that over and over and over again. That is really the key of sanctity. Uh, so I want you to visualize. Visualize that. Visualize me 
being a saint? What would the saint version of me look like? What would the saint version of me do in this circumstance, that circumstance, and so on? Start putting that, that person in front of you and start chasing them. Follow them, right? Be that saint and visualize it first, right? They all say that, athletes and so on. They visualize themselves in the game and then they do mu that much better. So we got to visualize ourselves in this race, this game, uh, which is life. It's a race, and Christ is always in front of us, and we're chasing him, and he can show us who we were always meant to be all along. And that's happiness, is fulfilling the reason from our, our, our existence. At the natural level, that's virtue. At the supernatural level, that's union with God. And then the two, they, they go right along with each other. Uh, so let us pray to Our Lady, right, of ransom, uh, to help free us from slavery to sin and slavery to unhappiness and slavery to a false mindset Which doesn't understand virtue and doesn't understand happiness. We're, we're in prison and we have the key uh, The keys are virtue and sanctity and and the, and the sacraments So let's ask our lady to help us uh, free us from this prison of vice uh, into the into the liberty and kingdom of peace with our Lord uh, God bless you all in the name of the Father Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen